Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Trust God. Don't go down to Egypt. Trust God and don't go down to Egypt. Bible, this is the, what the scriptures say. I want to read from the book of Psalm, Psalm 40, verse 1 to 4. Here, it says that I waited patient, patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit. I'm talking about somebody. You are coming out. You are coming out of any horrible pit. The enemy has pushed you into or has brought upon you. You are coming out. He said, God brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the merry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. I'm talking about you. God will establish your goings in the mighty name of Jesus. He put a new song in my mouth. So even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord because of you many shall tend to trust in the Lord. They will see it. What God is about to do, they will see it. Pastor, what should I do? That's why I'm talking today. They will see it and trust in the Lord. When they see it, they will see the reward, what it means to trust in the Lord, what trusting God can do for a person. That's what I'm talking about. Trust God. Trust God and God will cause men to see what trusting God can do for a person. In the mighty name of Jesus. He said they will will see it they will see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Verse 4 says that blessed is the man that makes the Lord his trust and respects not the proud, nor such as turn aside to light. You are blessed if you make God your trust. You are blessed. You are blessed. I told you the other time when I was teaching on the blessing, I spoke about the Macarius blessing. The Macarius blessing, which has to do with what you have done or what you are doing to generate a certain type of blessing. And it said, blessed is the man whose trust is the Lord. I see you walking in blessing. Psalm 25 verse 2 says that, Oh my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. You can't be trusting God and be put, in, be, be, be put to shame. No, it doesn't happen. Look at verse, verse uh, 20, chapter 26, verse 1. Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity. I have trusted in, uh, I've trusted also in the Lord. Therefore, I shall not slide. If you trust in God, you shall not slide. The, the trusting God is a big thing. It's a big blessing. Psalm 18, verse 30, it says that as for God, his way is perfect. The Lord, the word of the Lord is tried and he's a buckler. He's a buckler, buckler to all those who trust him. God is the one who will secure your future. He's the one who will secure the future of your children. He's the one who will secure your marriage. He's the one who will secure your life. This is the one who can secure your living, your job. He's the one who can secure your future. I'm telling you. Your pastor, God will secure your ministry. God will establish your ministry. God will deliver you from the wishes of your enemies as you trust him. Trust God. Don't be afraid. Trust him. The psalmist, let me, I'm reading a few, a few scriptures on Psalm. Psalm 64. 60, uh, 56 verse 3. Here what he says. said, what time I'm afraid, I'll trust in thee. The, another translation puts, whenever I am afraid. Sometimes as a human being, yeah, you are trying, you are pushing, you are keeping your focus on God. But there are times, things you hear some news. Like in UK. Now, the government is saying that we are UK has entered a recession. UK. Not Germany. Not France. Not America. All these big economies, UK has been the first to enter a very deep recession and the government is forecasting there's going to be a lot. They are saying, in fact, the Chancellor of the Exchequer said there are going to be a lot of job losses. He said many people shall lose their, shall lose their jobs. Many. He said many shall lose their jobs. Hallelujah. He said many shall lose their jobs. It's going to be interesting. And they are predicting doom ahead. Not because they are bad, because they can read from the situation. They are predicting doom, economic famine in many homes. But they that know their God shall be strong and do as well. I am sitting here and coming to you as a prophet of God. 
because of the COVID-19 situation, because of the global pandemic, there's, there, many countries are going to suffer major setbacks economically. And it's going to hit the pockets of many. So it looks like what is, it seems to me like there is a kind of famine, dryness coming into many people. But they that know their God, that is why I am sitting here, I'm coming to you as a voice from above, as a voice from, as a prophetic voice from God and speaking into your life that they that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Psalm 56 says, whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. Look at this. Um, so that's verse 3. Look at verse 11. Let's look at verse 4 first. He said, in God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do to me. Don't be afraid. I've put my trust in God. I will not fear. Whatever, I will fear. What? It's, you, you must come to a place where you say, whatever, whatever, God is my help. <laughs> so that's why Psalm 40, 40 verse 1 says that I waited patiently on the Lord. It takes time, but keep waiting. It takes time, but keep waiting. Keep your eye on God. Look at Psalm 56 verse 11. It said, in God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. I will not be afraid. Psalm 57 verse 1. Be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me, for my soul trusted, trusted in thee. Yea, in the shadows of your wing, in the shadow of your wings, will I, uh, will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. <laughs> There is a hiding place for you, a believer. There is always a hiding place for the believer. And I see God pro protecting you, God preserving you, God putting laughter in your mouth. Psalm 32 verse 10. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but they, but he that trusts in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Did you see that? Those who don't trust God, those who do wickedly, those who do their own thing, that their Bible classifies them as wicked. He said, sorrows will compass them, but they that trust in God shall have mercy. Yeah, mercy. He said, many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusts in the Lord, mercy shall come. Mercy shall surround. Where you are, you are. Mercy means that even when I deserve judgment, I'll be spared. I see you being spared. I see you being spared. I see you being exempted in the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody who believes, shout a living amen. Look at Psalm 30. I like this one. Psalm 34, verse 8. Oh, taste and see. The Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusted. If you trust God, you are blessed. Psalm 2, verse 12. Kiss the son, lest he be angry with you, and ye perish from the way. When his wrath is kindled, is kindled, but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in the Lord. So kiss the stand, talking about kiss Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Focus on him. Love him. Other than that, God will not be happy with you. In First Corinthians chapter 16, 22, he says that um, um, blessed be all those who love God with an undying love. Amen. And he said, anyone who, who does not love the Lord, sorry, he said, anyone who loves, does not love the Lord, curse, that's mara, uh, anathema, curse, if you don't love God. If you don't love God. So Jesus, the Bible says that if you don't love, kiss the son, else he will not, God will not be happy with you. Let me read. Kiss the son, lest he be angry with you, and ye perish from the way, when his wrath is kindled by a little, a little wrath of God, Kiss the son. Kiss the son. Um, then he says that blessed, blessed, blessed are all those, all they that put their trust in him. Can you trust God, bro? My brother, my sister, pastor, church elder, church leader, bishop. Can you trust God? Let's trust God. God is faithful. He's too faithful to fail. Times may look funny, but God is not funny. <laughs> Praise God. He's a book. Bible says he's a buckler. When you buckle a shoe, it's fit, it fitted in place. Bible says he's a buckler to all those that trust him. Psalm 18, verse 30. The word of the Lord you are claiming or you are uh, claiming.
to receive. You are claiming. All right. And the word of the Lord that you are trusting or you are depending your basing your confidence on. Bible says the word of the Lord is tried. The word will be tried, but God is a buckler. Some of us are believing God and you, you can see it looks like the word you are standing on, holding on is being tried. Fear not. What can man do? God is our help. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, blessed is he who trusts the Lord. Psalm 84. Psalm 84. Look at Psalm 84 verse um, 12. Psalm 84 verse 12. He said, O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusts in thee. In Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 7, it talks about, let me I think I'll read it. Jeremiah 17, 7, blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. And he actually goes on to talk in the verse 10 that cares be anyone who puts his trust in man. In fact, verse 5 says that, but thus says the Lord, cursed be the man that trusts in man and makes flesh his arm, whose heart departs from the Lord. Don't go down to Egypt, please. Don't go down. Don't let your heart depart from God. You are just bringing a curse. You are exposing yourself to what is worse, which you have not foreseen. It says that um, curse uh, the man who that trusts in man, in man and makes flesh his arm. You are making physical things, things that are not eternal, that doesn't, things that don't have all power. You are depending on things, building your life around what man has said and what man can do and things can help you. He said it's not a blessing. Whose heart depart from you depart from the Lord. For he shall be like the heat, he shall be like the heat in the desert, and shall not see when good comes. You see, your focus, if you go down to Egypt, your time of goodness, you won't see it. And shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the patched, patched, <laughs> patched places in the wilderness, <laughs> in a salt land and not in uh, 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 not inhabited. Okay. But look at verse, this is where I wanted to come to. But look at verse 7. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord, whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, and that spreads out her roots by the river, and shall not see when it comes, but his her leaves her leaves shall shall be green, evergreen. Hallelujah. Every leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease, uh, neither shall cease from yielding fruits. The year of drought, when farming hits, you won't see it. I told you famine is coming. You won't see it. You will not see it. My brothers and sisters, let's trust God. He will preserve us in the time of famine. Let me show you a few things. In Genesis, let's go to Abraham. Abraham is our father. It's our typical example. In Carriage Ministries, today we are reading Genesis chapter um, 13. Yesterday we read Genesis chapter 4, 12. So let me pick a little bit from Genesis chapter 12. Abraham is a man who trusted God. And look at Genesis chapter 12, verse 9. And Abraham sojourned, sojourned, going on, on still towards the south. So Abraham sojourned, he moved towards the south. But watch this. And there was a famine in the land. Four times we were told. We is recorded in Genesis alone. Oh, the four times recorded, but three different heavy famine. There was famine in the time of Abraham. There was famine in the time of Isaac. There was famine in the time of Jacob. Abraham saw famine. Isaac, in Genesis chapter 26, verse 1, there was famine in the land, and the famine was severe. In uh, Jacob, in Genesis chapter 41, verse 54, the Bible says that there was famine, and the famine became severe very harsh it became severe and genesis chapter 43 verse 1 bible says the famine was all over the place famine so when you walk with god it doesn't mean famine will not come when you walk with god god has promised i'll show you how god has promised to preserve his people in famine <coughs> excuse me so there are 13 times times famine was experienced in the bible 13, 13 different types of, or 13 different times famine came. Recorded famine in the scriptures. 13, a lot of famine. And, but God has always given, also given his promise. And I'll show you some of the main reasons why famines come. But see what happened. So in Genesis 
chapter 12, verse 10 again. And there was a famine in the land, and Abraham went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. Where did he go? Where did he go? He went where? Let me read it again. There was famine in the land, and Abraham went down. Where did he go into it? He went down. Don't forget it down. It's very important. Journey towards Egypt is journey down. You are going down. Egypt is never up. Egypt is going down. When you, what is Egypt in scripture? Egypt means world, the world. The world, world and its system that does not depend on God. It's a secular system that does not have regard for God. With systems of doing things in spite of God. Proverbs chapter, um, chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, he said, Trust in the Lord you know, with all your might and lean not unto your own. Lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path, guide your path. All right. So, um, um, there was famine in the land and Egypt always stands and symbolizes the world and its system away from God. Why does someone who trusts in God will go, watch this, down to Egypt? Do not go down to Egypt. And Abraham went down to Egypt. Abraham went down to Egypt. Meanwhile, God has never favored any journey down to Egypt. Yeah. God has never favored any journey down to Egypt. When people, the people of God go down to Egypt, it does not end well with them. Let me show you a few scriptures. In the book of Isaiah chapter 30. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Isaiah chapter... <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 30. Oh, I thank you, Lord. Isaiah chapter 30. I think, let me read it from this. Uh, the New King James Version. I believe I've opened to read Isaiah chapter 30. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 1 and 2. Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel but not of me, and who die, uh, sorry, who devise plans but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. <laughs> who walk, who walk to go? Did you see the down there? Don't don't ask. That. Who walk to go down to Egypt, and have not asked my advice, to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh, and to trust in the shadows of Egypt? It's a war. Don't go down to Egypt. Don't change your focus and your position in God, brother. Don't change your focus. Don't betray your commitment to God because of harsh times that have come. You know, yes, sometimes that's what happened. That's why I said, whenever I am afraid, Psalm 56 verse 3, whenever I'm afraid, I will trust it. Yes, you can see this look wild. It looks like there's no uh, light in view, but trust God. Trust God, my sister. Don't compromise. Trust God. Don't go down to Egypt because going down to Egypt is moving into war. Egypt seems promising, but don't go down into Egypt. Now watch this. Isaiah chapter, chapter 31, verse, verse 1. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help Aye. and rely on horses whose Who's, uh, so who trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong, but who do not look to the Holy One of Israel, nor seek the Lord. Don't change your approach. Seek God's face. Trust in God. Stay in church. Do God's work. Keep his word. Give to his work. Give to his work. Pay or give your tithe. Be faithful, church member. I'm speaking to some church members all around the world. Be faithful. Don't go down to Egypt. Don't change your approach. Don't go and live with that guy. Don't go. Don't go. Don't go and live with that lady. Move out of the house. Move out. Move out. I know the family is severe, but don't go down. Don't go down to Egypt. I am a prophet.
prophet talking to somebody. Church of God, don't let us go down with the world. Don't change our ways of trusting God. Don't go down to Egypt. Don't go down to Egypt. Don't, don't go down to Egypt. And if you have gone down to Egypt, come back up to Canaan. Come back up to Canaan. Don't go down to Egypt. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help. Isaiah chapter 36, verse 6. Look, you are trusting in the staff that is, uh, uh, so you are trusting in the staff of this broken reed, Egypt. Egypt is a broken reed. What's a staff? It's like a stick, you know, walking stick, which you can lean against. And he said, the stick is broken. You are leaning against it. It will only hurt you. That's what he's saying. Oh, yes, that's what the Bible is saying. He says that, look, you are trusting in the staff of this broken reed, Egypt, on which if a man leans, it will go into his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to all those who trust in him. Don't put your trust in your, your job, in your systems. Don't put your trust in any man. If it means compromising on the principles of God in your life, sister, oh, I'm growing, I have to marry, I have to marry. And this guy is putting pressure on you. Sometimes family, member will put pre- family members will put pressure on you, especially mothers and aunties. Mothers out of care, aunties out of spite. <laughs> Some aunties want to spite your mom. Oh, you can marry, come on. And put pressure on your mom. Your mom is so worried about your marriage. And now, they are arranging for you to go for somebody's father. <laughs> they are arranging an unbeliever, an unbeliever of, of practicing some different religion, but he can take care of you. Are you going to Pharaoh to, for help? Are you going down to Egypt? Don't go down to Egypt. Trust God. Don't, don't change figures and do dodgy things. Because now financially things are different. So you are beginning to change figures. You are changing things, do, beginning to do, engage in illegal practices. Illegal practices. Christian brother, Christian sister, why are you going down that route? Don't go down to Egypt. Fear not. Trust God. Walk in your integrity and trust God. Trust God. Trust God. Don't go down to Egypt. Hallelujah. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 15. Let me read this one and I move away from Egypt. Egypt is a trap. Egypt is dangerous. Jeremiah chapter 17, you know, we read earlier on verse um, verse 5, that cares be anyone who puts his trust in the Lord. We read verse um, uh, verse uh, 7, that blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Now, look at this. Um, Jeremiah chapter 17, look at verse 15. Indeed, they say to me, where is the word of the Lord? Let it come now. Um, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Indeed, Jeremiah Chapter 17, I just want to make sure I get my scripture right. All right. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 15. Did they say to me, where is the word of the Lord? Let it come to me now. As for me, I have not hurried away from being a shepherd to follow the, um, the, all right. I think I, all right. Let's, let's, let's move away from there. But the point that there's a place where he spoke about the, 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 the shepherds who prophesied doom. But it's okay. So don't go down to Egypt. All right. Trust God. Trust God. Trust God. My brother, I came your way. My sister, God sent me your way to tell you to trust God. So let's go back to Abraham. Abraham went to Egypt. And when he got to Egypt, his wife, beautiful wife, I know some people will like this story. And when you read it, I wonder, well, how could they have done that? But it's, it's, it's interesting. And Abraham sojourned, and it came to pass, verse 11, came, it came to pass when he was come near to enter into Egypt, he said unto Sarai, his wife, Behold, thou art 
a fair woman to look upon. That means you are a very pretty lady. It's interesting, the patriarchs, the patriarchs, the patriarchs, the fathers of faith in the Bible, they, they had an eye for beautiful women. So the patriarchs liked beautiful. They knew what was beautiful. So they liked beautiful women. All right. First Peter chapter 3. It talks about how women should adorn themselves. First Peter chapter 3. Likewise, from verse 1, likewise, ye, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if anyone obey not the word, they also may, without the word, be warned by the conversation of the wives, that the conduct of the wife, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plighting the hair and wearing of gold or of putting on, on apparel. It doesn't mean when you wear gold, you plait your hair. It's not good. No, no, that's not what it means. Oh, you look beautiful. It's not good. That's not what it means. It says that the core of you, the centrality of who you are should not be just the exterior. You look exteriorly beautiful. So the issue is that there are some, uh, there are women who are beautiful to look at, but not beautiful to live with. They are beautiful to look at, but not beautiful to live with. The, 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 these women's, women I'm talking about, the, women's, the women in the lives of the patriarchs, they are beautiful to look at and beautiful to, look with, uh, uh, to live with. May you be that kind of woman. And may God give us that kind of women in the church. Beautiful to live with. I know, I know what somebody's thinking. Uh, okay, but how about the men? How about the men? Uh, where has God? <laughs> it doesn't mean that see sometimes we are so programmed worldly programmed that when the Bible is even saying something instead of receiving it we begin to flip it's a spirit of rebellion it's a rebellious spirit okay but why are you telling me how about it somebody asked Jesus what, uh, how about this one I think in the book of Luke also the end towards Luke or John he, he says that yeah the end of John somewhere and then he said follow me and then he, he was asking how about this one and Jesus said what has that got to do with you if I want him to live till I come or I want him to die what has that got to do with you I think it's Luke chapter 22 verse 34 somewhere there or something like that anyway or John chapter 20 or somewhere there but Jesus said what has that got to do with you you know sometimes instead of receiving the word for us you are a husband your word is being preached instead of listening to what would change you you are listening for your wife and telling your wife you see this is for you this is for you no please that is not the word is for you it's not for the one who is not listening the word is for you not for the other person the word of god if we receive it it will work for us it will bless us hallelujah i've gone out a bit but sometimes in our human fallenness we always meet the word of God with a certain resistance, not receiving it with meekness. He says that, let us receive the word with meekness, the engrafted, receive, receive, put, laying aside all superfluity of naughtiness. I think James chapter 1, verse 21. Therefore, lay aside all superfluity of naughtiness, wickedness and uh, superfluity of men. Let us receive with meekness. My emphasis here is with meekness, a certain disposition of heart is always advantageous when it comes to receiving the word of God. And that disposition of heart is meekness. Let us receive with meekness the engrafted word of God which is able to save your soul. Well, um, that's, I, I didn't even finish reading this, reading this Peter, Peter bit. It says that um, verse 4 but let it be of the hidden man of the heart in, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornaments of meek and a quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. It says that that kind of the meek and beautiful inside in the sight of God is a great price. Watch this, verse five. For after this manner, in the after after this manner in the old times, the holy women also who trusted in God, you trust in God. The holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection to their own husband, even as, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Then he comes to the husband. You two husbands. Hallelujah. Pastor, read the husband. I'm talking about beautiful on the inside and beautiful to, to look at and beautiful to live with. That's what I'm talking about. And Abraham knew his wife was beautiful to look at and beautiful to live with. And so he told her, when we go, they will like you. Egypt is a dangerous place. 
they will, they will like you. So when we go, say you are my wife, they say you are my sister. Now he has to concord all the, see, when you start going down to Egypt, it gets, gets complicated. It was a, one of the first tests in the life of Abraham. Famine came to test him. And he went to Egypt and he went and betrayed his trust in God. He should have gone to Egypt. But guess what? Because God was with him, God so blessed him. Bible said they, they gave him so many, verse 16, they gave him gold, sheep, silver, so many things. And he was doing well because of his wife. He has known his wife as a, in the name of a sister to the king. And they were, he was prosperous. His business was doing well at the back, on the back of his, his wife. But his wife was also, his wife knew that if I say it's my wife, they'll kill him. So his wife, his wife supported him. Thank God for good wives. Thank God for good wives who support their husbands to, uh, to fulfill things, uh, to protect the agenda of God in their lives. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, 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 well. So Abraham went and then eventually he had to leave Egypt. When they found out that he was lying today, they didn't touch him. They said, take everything. So Abraham, look at, look at verse chapter 13 to this scripture. And Abraham went up out of Egypt. Did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see that? He went what? Watch this. Abraham went up. Up. When you go to Egypt, you are going down. Out of Egypt, you are going up. I see you going up. You will not go down anymore. You will not go down anymore. You will not go down anymore. I see you going up and up and up and up and up in Jesus. Your family is going up. Your business is going up. Your finances are going up. Your, your health is going up. Everything, your marriage is doing well and going up. Your children are doing well and going up. Nothing is going to go down because you are not going down to Egypt. You are going up. Ow. You are going up to the hill of God. And um, the Bible says that. And Abraham went up out of Egypt. And he, uh, uh, he and his wife and all that he had and lot with him. All that he had and lot with him into the south. Watch this. And Abraham was very rich in cattle. Where did he get it from? Egypt. <laughs> he, God, even though he didn't fully operate the way he should operate, God so bless him. And now, to cut long story short, they, they came back to the land. It's interesting. After God, he left Egypt. He didn't go back to Er, or Er of the Chaldeans, where God called him out from. That is a plus to him. He didn't backslide and go back to the world where he was. Just that, even though he was working with God, he breached his trust for God. And so he failed the first exam. He faced the first, he failed the first, the first test. You will not fail in the name of Jesus. You will not fail in the name of Jesus. In this lockdown or in this difficult days, you will not fail. You will not fail. It, it might be a test. When you study the scriptures very carefully, as I said, famines. There are times that famines, many times in the in the scriptures, God brought famine where a sign of judgment. Yeah. Many times, many times in the scriptures, let me show you one or two scriptures. Famine were a sign of judgment. In, in 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 11 says that, For when David was up in the morning, the word of the Lord came unto the prophet God, David's seer, saying, Go and say to David, Thus says the Lord, I, I offer thee three things. Choose thee one of them, that I may do it unto you. What are the three things? Number one. So God went to David and told David and said unto him, Shall seven years of famine come upon thee in thy land, or will thou flee from the mouth, uh, be, uh, from the, uh, so uh, without flee three months before your enemies while they pursue thee, or that there be three days pestilence in the land? Pestilence is pandemic. Pestilence in the land. Now advise and see what. Answer, I shall return to him that sent me. So, and David said, please, I want to fall in the hands of God because in his hands there. But the, one of the conditions is that there shall be famine in the land. It's, so sometimes in scriptures, famine were sent as a sign of judgment. In Psalm 105, Psalm 105 verse 16, in Psalm 105 verse 16, he said, Moreover, he called for a famine upon the land. And that's talking about God. All right. Let me read just to make sense of it. Verse 14 said, He suffered no man to do to do them wrong. Yea, he, he reproved kings for their sake, saying, Touch not my anointed, and do 
do my prophets no harm. Moreover, he called for a famine upon the land and broke the whole staff of, of bread. So God called a famine upon the land. So when you read scriptures, there are many times in scriptures, you see famine come upon people as a sign of judgment. In the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 51. In Isaiah chapter 50. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah chapter 51, verse 19. It says, These two things are come upon thee. Who shall be who shall be sorry for thee? Desolation and desolation and the famine and the sword. For whom shall I come for thee? So, when you read it, you can tell from the... Let me read one more scripture there. Okay, Jeremiah chapter 14. I'm already in... Jeremiah chapter 14, verse 15. Jeremiah 14, 15. It says that, Therefore thus says the Lord concerning the prophets that prophesied in my name, and I sent them not. Yet they say, Sword and famine shall come, it shall not be in the land. <laughs> By sword and famine shall de- that those prophets be consumed. So God said, I mean, I'm bring to bring sword. They are prophesying there should not be, there's no be famine in the land and no sword. I've not sent them. They are saying it. I'm going to bring sword and famine on them. So you see that God said he himself was bringing, he was behind many of the famines in the scriptures. And Ezekiel chapter 5, last text to consider. Ezekiel chapter 5, verse 12 says that, um, the third part of thee shall die with the pestilence and with the famine shall they be consumed in the midst of thee. And the third part shall shall fall. But this God's judgment coming upon them. He said famine will consume you. But you know what I saw? So I saw in scriptures from Psalm 33, from the book of Psalm 33, verse 18 and 19, Psalm 37, verse 18 and 19, about God also gives promise to us in times of famine. So God has promised what he will do when for uh, the promise of God for us when there is famine. Psalm 37, Psalm 33, verse 9, 18 and 19. It says that, Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercies, to deliver their souls from death and to keep them alive in famine. Did you see that? That's God. There's a promise for God to keep his people alive in famine. Psalm 37, verse 8 and 9. Sorry, 18 and 19 says, The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time. I, I thought you say amen. He said, they shall not be ashamed in the evil time. Did you hear what I said about the recession in United Kingdom? Yeah, there's, 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 there's problem. It's not only the pandemic, but there's going to be economic crisis. Many, many job, jobs will be lost. But guess what? Well, guess what? This is what the Bible is saying. The scriptures say to you, beloved, said, um, the Lord knows the days of the upright. And their inheritance shall be for. He said, "They shall not be ashamed in the evil time. This evil time, you will not be ashamed. Though you will actually be envied. People will look at you. Wow! I wish I were you. I wish I were you. Quickly. And then verse nine, verse nineteen. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time. In the day of famine." they shall be satisfied. God has a way of keeping us and satisfying us in famine. In Romans chapter 8, verse 35, watch this. this I like this. Romans chapter 8. Thank you, Jesus. Romans 8, 35. It says that... Um, Romans 8.35 Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall distress, shall persecution, shall famine? No, famine, shall nakedness and the rest. said, famine will not stop what God wants to do in your life. Somebody say hallelujah. I said, famine will not stop what God wants to do in your life. Famine cannot stop it. So don't go down to Egypt. Just stay in the place of uh, promise. And when you stay there, what shall quickly? What should you do whilst you are in in the land of promise? What should you do? Uh, uh, um, so lost, they, they they prospered and Lord said, what should I do? Lord said, Abraham said, no, there shouldn't be strife between us. That's a godly approach. Let's not fight. I don't want to fight. Your men shouldn't fight among, our men shouldn't fight amongst themselves. Choose, look at the land. He gave Lord the offer. Look wherever you want, choose and I'll take the rest and choose the land. And Bible said, Lord chose, to, he looked for his problem, first problem, he looked towards Sodom. He shouldn't have looked towards, you are looking towards the wrong place. He looked towards Sodom and he saw the fatal line. He said, I like that one. And Bible says, verse 14, that, and they came to pass after Lot has left, 
It's, it's interesting. After lost have left, God came to Abraham. He said, lift up your eye. West, north, south, east, and west. Everywhere around you, look. The, as far as you can see, I'll give you for an inheritance. So God came and promised him that I'll give you a land. Just like when he called him to leave his father's house. In Genesis chapter uh, chapter chapter 12, it, it says that I'll bless you and I'll give you a land. And then in Genesis chapter um, 13, 13, he said that after Lot has left, said, look, I'll give you a land. And the land you see, I'll give you. God promised Abraham two major things, a land and descendants. And he was childless and he was landless. He left his father's land and his, his people. So he was landless. But before he left, he was childless. Genesis chapter 11 from verse 30, uh, 27, 28 there. Sarah, Sarai, his wife was barren. So he was childless and God made him landless. So he became landless and childless so that God would be his land and God will be his descend. Uh, God, God will give him his descendants. So when Saul left, look at verse, uh, verse from verse fifteen in Genesis chapter thirteen. From verse fifteen, he, he promised spoke to him about land. He, pro, he promised him land for the land in which thou seest, I will give it to you. And verse seventeen, he says that arise, walk through the land, uh, the land in the length and the length of it and the breadth of it, for I will give it to you. And look at verse 16. He said, That's the legacy. I'll give you land. Look at verse 16. I'll make thy seed great. He promised him the seed. He said, I'll make your seed like the dust of the earth. The dust. In Genesis chapter 17, again, it came, or, or, or yeah, chapter 15, sorry, chapter 15, he said, I'll make like the stars of the earth your descendants. And in Genesis chapter 22, he also came to him and he said, I'll make like your seed like the dust of the earth and the sand on the seashore. Three different things stars of the sky, dust of the earth, sand of the seashore. Because what? I am God. Trust me. I am God. Trust me. Don't go down to Egypt. When I say I'll do it, I will do it. God will help you. My brothers and sisters, God, this is not the time to cut corners. This is not the time to cut um, uh, uh, um, and compromise on your righteous stance. This is the time to practice righteousness, practice faith, practice kingdom principles, practice kingdom principles, practice kingdom principles, practice kingdom principles. Trust God. Your practice in kingdom principles is a reflection of trusting God. And after God said that to Abraham, look, I want to jump quickly to verse uh, verse 18. And Abraham removed his tent and came and dwelt in the in uh, in the plains of Mamre which is Hebron. Hebron means fellowship. Hebron means don't redraw, redraw yourself from fellowship. Church people are gathering. Where are you? Where are you? You are not okay oh, if you withdraw yourself from church. You are not okay. Don't go down to Egypt, sister. Don't go down. It's, you are not doing it for the pastor if you come to church or if you join the church Zoom, if you watch the church program. You are not doing it for the pastor. You, it's a reflection of your faith. Don't go down to Egypt. Abraham moved and pitched his tent in Hebron. Hebron means fellowship. Hebron means association, relationship. Be in fellowship with the other believers. Be, don't go to Egypt. Don't go down to Egypt. Don't do it the way they Now, you look at the kind of things you have started watching and enjoying. Look at the kind of things you have started saying. Look at the comments you are... Now, if there's anything concerning church, you don't miss it. You don't care. You are not interested. Hey! Danger! 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 Don't go down to Egypt. Pharaoh will not help you. Pharaoh will not help you. He will promise you help, but it's like a broken reed. It will pierce into your hands and you'll be bleeding. Don't lean on Pharaoh. It's a broken reed. Trust God. Blessed are they that trust God. Blessed are they that trust God. Trust God. Don't go down to Egypt. I believe this is a prophetic voice to the, the, the people of God all around the world. Trust God. Don't go down to Egypt. Trust God. Pastor, trust God. Don't go down to Egypt. Pastor, man of God, deacon, minister, elder, bishop, trust God. Trust God. Trust God. Don't go down to Egypt. When you trust God, two things you have to do, you will do. Or three things. One, you won't go to Egypt. Number two. Watch this. Genesis chapter 12, verse 7. Quickly. Genesis chapter 12, verse 7 says that, And the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, Unto thy seed, this is why I said, Unto thy seed I'll give this land, thy seed and the land. Hallelujah. And and there, watch this, and there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared to him. Built an altar. 
When you look at when he came to Mamre and Hebron, verse chapter 13, verse 18, and Abraham moved his tent and came and dwelt in the plains of Mamre and, and in Hebron, and, and in Hebron and built there an altar unto the Lord. Abraham was an altar builder. He built an altar four times. In the scriptures, we have there are records of 14 people who built altars, 14 different altar builders in the scriptures. Number one is God. God himself, Bible said, he told Moses, uh, uh, um, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 5, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 23, that make sure you build it according to the pattern in heaven. What was he building? God has built some already. So God is an altar builder. And uh, Noah, Genesis chapter 8, verse 20, Noah built an altar. Abraham built, an, it was an altar builder. Isaac built an altar, Genesis 26, 25. Isaac built an altar. And then Jacob built an altar, Genesis chapter um, 35 and Genesis chapter 31. Jacob built, uh, Jacob built an, an uh, Genesis chapter 33, verse 20. Jacob built an altar. So Isaac, Abraham built, Jacob built, and um um, uh, Abraham built, Isaac built, Jacob built an altar. And guess what? Not all. Moses also built an altar. Moses was an altar builder. Hallelujah. Moses built an altar. The children of Israel, they built an altar. Uh, um, Joshua built an altar. Gideon built an altar. Hallelujah. Saul built an altar. David built an altar. Solomon built an altar. Elijah built an altar. Zerubbabel built an altar. These people built altars. They were altar builders and they worked with God. Trust God in. What's an altar? An altar is a place uh, a place for God or uh, an altar, what is that? A place for worshiping God. A worshiping God by, by offering all that we are and have to God for his purpose. It's a place of worshiping. An altar is a place of worshiping God by offering all that we are and have for God's purpose. That's an altar. So it's not, I'm not talking about something physical. There must be a time, there must be in your life, always the willingness, the readiness to offer to God for worship. Give God worship. Worship him with all that you are and you have. When God asks Isaac, say, I'll give you Isaac, God. All that you are and all that you have for his purpose, for his purpose. May, because of you, may it go, I'm talking to somebody. Because of you, may your church say that, even when things were hard, this, the faithfulness of this brother, the faithfulness of this sister kept the work of God going. Trust in God. Trust God. There must be some faithful church members, not just church members, but faithful God worshippers and altar builders. Altar builders who are committed to the work of God, to the cause of God. Committed. And they'll do it and build it. For God, build an altar. So Abraham built an altar, not, but not just an altar. He also built a tent. In Genesis chapter um, 12, verse 8. Genesis chapter 13, as we just read, verse, um, actually verse 3, he built an, verse three, he built an altar, a, a tent. And, and um, verse 18, he moved his tent and pitched his tent. That's what they were doing. Built, so he dwelt in tents. Bible said he dwelt in tents. Abraham dwelt in tents. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 9, he, Isaac, and Jacob, they were tent dwellers. Why is tent important? They didn't dwell in houses, even though they were in the land. They dwelt in tents. When you dwell in tents, that means that you, you, are, you don't build your life around anything physical, permanent, that this is what, as for me, this is what my life is dependent on. Don't make, don't make your work a house. Make it a tent. So that when the need comes and you have, because of the purpose of God and his assignment in your life, you have to move from there or it's, you, you, you don't have it anymore. It does not matter because you have not settled your entire life and all, all your focus on it. God is your dwelling place. In the book of Psalms, it says, the Lord is our dwelling place. God is our dwelling place. That's why the Bible says they sought for a city which had foundation, whose builder and maker was God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 9 and 
13. They sought for a city. They were looking for a city. Verse 13. Bible says that they were looking for a city and they counted themselves that the world is not worthy of them. For they longed for a holy city who, whose builder was God. Verse 16 of Hebrews chapter 11. They looked for it. They, they pushed towards a certain city. So they did never settled in anything physical to say that this is this. This is it. This is it. I'm fine. I've arrived. They never arrived because God was their, their arrival point. God was their destination. I want to encourage somebody to trust God. Number one, don't go down to Egypt. Stay where God has ordered you to stay and do what? Build, number two, build an altar. Noah built an altar. And then he, they were always building altars and building tents. We have been called to build. But those who fall from God, the Tower of Babel, they built a city to make a name for themselves. Don't build a city. Build an altar first. Build that. Let your children see they are, you are an altar builder. Let your husband know you are an altar builder. Let your wife know you are an altar builder. Before you... You marry that woman. Let her understand that's for you. You are an altar builder. Before you marry that man, let him understand that you are an altar builder. That your life is dedicated to building an altar and you, you are an altar builder. And you meet God at the altar. You depend on God. This is what it shows that. That's what it, it, it is. This is the indication that you trust God. I came with a prophetic word. Times are hard. Times are looking precarious, unprecedented and uncertain, but they that trust in their God, they that know God, they shall be strong and do excellent. And they that trust the Lord shall, blessed are they that trust in the Lord. They that trust the Lord shall be like Mount Zion. They shall not be moved. God sent me to encourage you to speak a prophetic word into your life that God is worth trusting. Psalm 18 verse 30, as for God, his way is perfect. Whatever way God takes is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. And he's a buckler to all those that trust in him. Trust in God. Pastor, brother, sister, don't be afraid. Whenever I'm afraid, I'll trust in you. Trust God. You are not an unbeliever for you to begin to run after what unbelievers run after. Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 30 that their rock is not our rock. Their rock is not our rock. Our rock is not like their rock. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 32 Verse 31, or Deuteronomy 31, verse 30, somewhere there. Our rock is not their rock. Trust God. Trust God. Mom, mom, don't be afraid. Trust God for that son. Trust God for that daughter. God will bring him back. God will touch his life. God will help him. God will help her. Trust God for your grandchildren, grandma. Grandma, trust God for your grandchildren. Trust God. There's only that far you can do. But there's a, there's a lot you cannot do and be in control of. But if you trust God, sometimes it may not look always rosy. But as you trust God, I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you the end will be in your favor. Trust God. Today, I came to tell you, trust God. Don't go down to Egypt. When you go to Egypt, you are going down. Come up to the place of God. Come up to fellowship. Come up to Hebron and build Build an altar and pitch your tent there. And God will bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.